Hello, my name is Michael, and I obsess. I come across something that grabs me, and I consume until I can't take anymore, and then I'm on to the next. Some obsessions last a week, others a lifetime. It is my intention to explore these obsessions with you as they occur while the passion is hot. Welcome to Eclectic Obsessions. Imagine a world, many centuries into the future, when society as we know it has decayed into chaos and degradation, void of spiritual guidance. The colonization of space is well underway, and interstellar travel has become commonplace. It is in this setting that a handful of enlightened Earth people seeking a better existence finance the construction of a private spacecraft and leave the planet in search of a new world where a more spiritually minded civilization can be born. After a long and hazardous journey, they finally find that new home on the distant planet Kobaya, where the party settles and begins anew. Founded in 1969, Magma is an avant-garde progressive rock group led by drummer, composer, and vocalist Christian Vander, who claimed as his inspiration a vision of humanity's spiritual and ecological future that profoundly disturbed him. Their albums explain the origins and development of a new civilization and their interactions with the people of Earth and other planets. They invented a phonetic language called Gobayan, in which the lyrics are sung. Vander said that when he wrote the pieces, the language came naturally as part of the music. Its construction wasn't an intellectualized process. Later albums tell different stories set in more ancient times, however the Kabayan language remains an integral part of the performance. The music, which is influenced by John Coltrane, Richard Wagner, Igor Stravinsky, and Karl Orff, is categorized as Zul, which means celestial or heavenly. There is almost no useful frame of reference to describe the music of Magma. They have never conformed to conventional ideas about genre or much else for that matter. A constantly rotating lineup of musicians have passed through Magma's ranks and the band have released more than a dozen studio albums, at least as many live albums, plus numerous compilations, DVDs, and box sets. We will be exploring the works of this band, who for almost 50 years have been recording and touring some of the most challenging music ever written, on this episode of Eclectic Obsessions. The description I have heard most frequently used to explain what Magma's music is like to non-initiates is also probably the most insulting to Magma fans, that it sounds like a Klingon opera. Sadly, this is probably the most appropriate proposal, with their hypnotically repetitive martial rhythms, masked cabine vocals, and conceptual continuity. While it may be the most apt touchstone, it is also the most easily dismissed. Magma's music is extremely challenging in the sense that you have nothing familiar to hang your experience on, and listening to their music is exactly that, an experience. My first exposure was their live album High, which I bought for the cool cover. I took it home, listened to it, and thought it was awful. I couldn't understand where it was coming from. 
Where were the hummable melodies, the dazzling solos, the choruses? I tried to return to the music store, but the gentleman there implored me to give it another listen. He said I probably just wasn't ready, and if I didn't like it, I could bring it back again. I wasn't quite sure what he meant by that, but I took it as a challenge. After many more listens over a full year, it finally happened for me. I understood the experience. What I was missing was context, not of backstory, which I found fascinating, but of the musical construction. You see, over that year I had been listening to a lot of chamber rock, jazz, and classical music, and this was a context that I needed for the music of Magma to make any sense to me. He was right. I wasn't ready for it. That is a lesson I have taken with me ever since. So as a cautionary preemptive, you may not be ready for this experience, but we are going to explore together their recorded output, and perhaps you will come to love it as I do. Magma, or Kobaya, is their debut album, which was released as a double LP in 1970. The album tells the story of a group of people fleeing a doomed Earth to settle on the fictional planet Kobaya. These enlightened ones travel the universe on their advanced spacecraft in search of the perfect planet. They find Kobaya and build their society. In a matter of decades, Kobaya is a utopia. Many years in the future, a derelict spacecraft is found orbiting the planet, unable to penetrate the atmosphere. The Kobayans investigate and find a crew of wayward earthlings. They see the startling progress the Kobayans have made and plea for their aid as the Earth is dying. They beg the Kobayans to return and tell of the great progression they've achieved politically, environmentally, technologically, spiritually, socially, and scientifically. They ask the Kabayans to teach their ways to the deluded population of Earth. They oblige, and a small crew of knowledgeable Kabayans returns. Time has passed. Life on Kobaya flowers in happiness and beauty. Earth has learned of our existence. She is boiling over. The Kabayans sense they must gather together. One of them reveals to the others the problems posed by Earth and their solution. The Kabayans set to work with fury. The results will be conclusive. We return to Earth in order to expose the splendor of Kabaya, which is only beauty, happiness, wisdom. We again invite those who wish to follow us, and to that end we recount to the Earth its own story. Alas, the only response is the threat of destruction of Kabaya. We reveal that we must possess Stoa. We set out again for Kabaya. Musically, this is embryonic Zool, much more of a free jazz or jazz rock feel than their later works, making it an excellent introductory point for the new listener.
1001 Degrees Centigrades is the second album by Magma. It was originally released in 1971 under the title Magma 2. This was the second installment in Magma's Cobayan Saga. With lyrics again performed in the band's invented language, the album chronicles the Cobayan people's return to Earth to save the planet. Returning to the home of their forefathers, the Cobayans begin to teach their methods and show Earth the depths they'd fallen to. Some were truly touched and believed in the Cobayan message, but the majority rejected these beliefs, and the Earthlings arrested and imprisoned the Cobayans. Cobaya warns Earth's government that if their citizens were not released and returned safely, they would be forced to unleash their ultimate weapon on them. The imprisoned Cobayans are released on a single turn. No Cobayan may ever step foot on Earth's soil again. And with that, the Cobayans leave Earth for eternity, never to return. Musically, this is the transitional piece between the jazz rock proto-Zool of the first album and the full blossoming of Zool proper. The Unnameables, a Magma album in disguise. The Unnameables was designed to ease listeners into the musical world of Magma. Under the assumed name Univarius Zect and recorded by essentially the same lineup as on 1001 Degrees Centigrades, the album basically repeats the stylistic development shown through Magma's first two albums, while abandoning the science fiction concept of the Cobain story.
Mechanic Destructive Commando, also abbreviated as MDK, is the third studio album by Magma, released in December 1973. Mechanic Destructive Commando is the group's most famous and acclaimed record. The French edition of Rolling Stone magazine named the album 33rd Greatest French Rock Album. In 2015, Rolling Stone ranked the album 24th on its list of the 50 greatest prog rock albums of all time. Between the final departure of the Cobayans and the redemption of Earth is a time referred to as Thus Hamta, the time of hatred, where man commits his most heinous crimes, performs his greatest evils, conducts behavior most devoid of moral spiritual guidance or fear of their impending doom. Throughout this Thus Hamtak on Earth, the few who heeded the Kabayan's warning passed the knowledge they learned down through the generations. This knowledge being shared through the years was the sole banner of hope for all of Earth. And finally, Neber Gutat came along and was the first who had courage enough to act on his beliefs. He eventually won all of Earth through the ways of Kabaya. His message is that the only salvation from an ultimate and certain doom is through self-purification and communication with the divine spirit of the Supreme Being, the Kroon Koraman. Gudat then began his march to spiritual purity and to the redemption and the salvation of all humanity. Earthlings initially reject his invitation and his insane claims and they begin to march against him. But then they slowly begin to question their actions, and then their purpose and very existence, and one at a time converted to the ways of Kobaya, until every single earthling is marching together towards spiritual enlightenment. This album is commonly viewed as Magma's masterpiece and the full flowering of Zool. They have evolved from their earlier jazz rock phase into a sort of Teutonic chamber music, hypnotically repetitive musical passages driven by tribal jazz drumming and an overdriven slinky bass. Coupling stabbing horns arrangements and mass choir vocal chanting make for a dizzying collage of sound. <laughs> Contarcos is the fourth studio album released by Magma in 1974. The title piece of the album forms a section of the Contarcos cycle. Although first in order of release, it has now been formulated as the second part in a trilogy consisting of Contarcos Anteria, Contarcos, and Emintet Ray. Contarcos tells the story of a modern archaeologist who discovers the location of Emintet Ray's tomb. 
He enters, and as he crosses slowly along the dark passages to the burial chamber, he hears a celestial voice and has visions of Emintet Ray's life. When he reaches the burial chamber and touches the tomb, the ancient dust seeps into his pores, and he has a momentary and devastating flash of understanding of the complete attainment of the ancient pharaoh. Waking, his flash of understanding lost in his normative consciousness, he then devotes his own life to recovering the achievements of Amintet Ray and carrying them to the final stage. His efforts in teaching, incidentally, may be the link to the remainder of Magma's mythology, the forming of a group of spiritualists who ultimately flee the decrepit Earth for higher life on the planet Kravaya. Musically, this is a dark and dense slow burn, beginning quietly and building tension to a pounding hypnotic conclusion. Orda Ita is a 1974 album by Magma. The album was recorded by a core quartet of Magma members, only consisting of drums, bass, piano, and vocals. Orda Ita, which translates from Kobayan roughly as Dead Earth, is the second part of the Thus Hamtok trilogy. The third movement, Mechanic Destructive Commando, had been released the previous year, while the first movement, Thus Hamtok, would not be released until 1981. The period of the story covered in this album comes just before the time Neber Gudat converted all to the spirit of Kroon Corman. This album depicts our crimes against the earth and the corresponding penalty to the human soul, necessitating our need to be saved spiritually by an outside hand. Musically, this is a very stripped-down version of Magma, 
no choirs, no horn section, no guitar, and no second keyboard player. This, however, lets the arrangements and players really stand out as they deliver one of the more melodic works in the Magma catalog. Hoodoo Woodoo is the sixth studio album by Magma, released in 1976. This is the album where Christian Vander began to relinquish his complete hold over the band and let other members make more significant contributions to the structure and songwriting. Because of this, the storyline is somewhat pushed aside for this release. The music has changed as well. More accessible, shorter pieces make up the first half, with an epic Magma track closing out the album. Containing the track Zombies, Soleil de Orc, and De Futura, which form part of the second movement of Emintep Ray.
Attack is the seventh studio album by Magma, released in 1978. After Udu Udu, Magma disbanded for a year until reuniting under a slightly different direction than before. This album incorporates elements of jazz, fusion, funk, R&B, gospel, and pop music, and features a cover by artist H.R. Giger. Gone were the sidelong, album-long epics and mythology, to be replaced by shorter, more accessible tracks. The Kabayan language is still a component, and the third track, Rind, is now a part of Emintet Ray. Mercy is the eighth studio album by Magma, released in 1984. The Zool is essentially dropped for a pop disco sound, with songs sung in English, French, and Cobain. After this release, the band broke up and would not record again for 20 years. Cantarcos Anteria is the ninth studio album released by Magma in 2004. The album was Magma's first full-length studio release in 20 years. This album is part of the Cantarcos cycle of albums. It is the prequel to Cantarcos. The final installment in the trilogy released in November 2009 is Ted Ray. The Cantarcos trilogy describes the spiritual quest of two men to understand the intimate workings of the forces of the universe and achieve immortality. 
The quest was begun by Emintet Ray, an ancient Egyptian pharaoh who devoted his life to spiritual efforts, but who was murdered shortly before he could reach the final attainment. The story of Kantarko Santeria isn't told literally. It begins with a celestial appraisal of the archaeologist figure. The voices announce that he will be a future prophet, Kantarkos, but at the moment is sleeping, i.e. unaware of his future path and place in the spiritual history of the human race. The final section, emerging of two pieces originally known as Om Zanka and Gamma Anteria, deals with a youthful vision of the future Kantarkos in which he journeys to a strange village where he is greeted with joyous cries of hallelujah and taken to the entrance of Amentet Ray's tomb at which a mysterious male voice bids him welcome and entreats him to enter. Musically, this album is a masterpiece. Everything Zool is at its apex in this recording. The massed operatic choirs, the intense hypnotic rhythms, the light and shade, and the spiritual zeal. Personally, this is my favorite work by the band, and the one I will use to introduce Magma to a new listener. Emintet Ray is the 10th studio album by Magma. It was released on November 5, 2009. At the doors of immortality dreams the great servant of Ta, god of creation, drifting infinitely within its own mind as he tries to awaken him. In its message, as in its genesis and its making, Emintet Ray is an intimate epic, an occult stride forward, a quest for the sublime. Initiated in 1975, its composition beholds its whole fulfillment after more than three decades. It is the testimony of an unwaveringly timeless inspiration, of which the expectant present asserts itself beyond history. Connecting wide and contrasted scenes, it sets its coherence within its very dynamics, playing with chiaroscuro between choral splendor, operatic jubilation, and hurricane of spirits beyond graves. As much as a seraphic liturgy as it is a telluric opera, Emintet Ray comes as the final closure to a second trilogy, following upon that of Thus Hamtok in Christian Vander's corpus. 
This is a music reaching out from a time before man, born at the heart of nebulas, fed on mineral glow, and riding crypts capped in the cosmic vault. Musically, this is a departure from the previous album, featuring more instrumental segments than vocal chanting and a turn from the liveliness to a dark, brooding intensity. Felicitas is the 11th studio album by Magma, released in 2012. Felicitas was composed in 1999. I chose to save it because in the scheme of things, in the chronology and history of Magma, it is truly in its right place. With Felicit there was an immediate feeling of ease. The piece seemed to come to life, clear, under my fingers. True happiness beneath the complexity, the circumvolutions, the meanderings. There lies the color of Magma's great themes and its quintessential spirit. One could say that the melodies have evolved, gained fluidity. The idea of renewal belongs to every civilization, celebrating beings, placing nature and gods. With the sounds, rites and traditions from various lands unfold. This theme offers a new aspect of Magma's music, a source that unleashes its power flow. Felicitas is a kind of musical walk through the world and its folklore. It celebrates the renewal. The complete Felicitas is comprised of ten sections that follow one another seamlessly for a complete running time of just over 28 minutes. Four vocalists are supported by vibraphone, guitar, and bass with Christian Vander handling piano, drums, and keyboards. The passion and warmth of this main piece is nearly unparalleled among Magna's previous works.
Ria Sahil Talk is the 12th studio album by Magna, released in 2014. The original version of Ria Sahil Talk was recorded in 1971 and appears on the album 1001 Centigrades. At the time, Christian Vander, the composer, wasn't satisfied with the arrangement written by the band. This new version is completely revamped and adapted to the current ensemble and its lyrical voices. It is truer to the spirit of Magna's music and its unique sound. Ria Sahil Talk is the name of the Kabayan who'd left after all the others, despite their disapproval. He thought he was better than anyone else and he was sure he could convert Kabayan's enemies to the Kabayan spirit. But he failed and left alone for Kabaya. On the symbolic stopover planet Malaria, he has to face the raging elements he thinks he can dominate. With his ship almost sunk, he ends up begging them to no avail. He will disappear, drowned, swept away by the frenzied elements. After the noise, silence. <laughs> Slag Tons is the 13th studio album by Magma, released in 2014. It was written back in the 70s and played live in different forms since 2009. The familiar layered call and response vocals, jagged bass and drum driven rhythms, and distinctive potency of the compositions are all on display. The eight short tracks sum up to about 20 minutes and run together in a sweet form. It marks a return to the more complex scores Magma worked from in the 1970s, with operatic choruses, heavy angular riffing, atmospheric vibes, and a hypnotic rhythm section.
In late 2018, recording began on a piece entitled Zess with the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. Christian Vander says of the piece, Zess is the story of the end of everything. The end of time and everything that ever existed, absolute oblivion like a dreamless night. It feels like nothing has ever existed nor will it ever exist again. All forms of consciousness have vanished. The album is due out June reason I'm certain I have mispronounced all of the Kabayan words in this podcast. That doesn't particularly matter to me. A space saga in an invented language is intriguing, but only that. What I truly love is the music. That transcendent, unearthly music the likes of which I had never heard before. Other bands picked up the Zool style, some even took it in new directions, and those may be heard in a future podcast, but for me there is only one true Zool band and that is the incomparable magma. Thank you for listening to Eclectic Obsessions. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave me a review. All five-star reviews will be read on the show. You can follow the show on Facebook at Eclectic Obsessions, on Twitter at Eclectic Obsess one on Instagram at Eclectic Obsessions Podcast, and on YouTube at Eclectic Obsessions. I'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to email the show at ecobpod at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks with a new Eclectic Obsession. <laughs>